This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Last week, we talked about spiritual warfare. We talked about the little verse that says, gird up the loins of your mind. This week, I want to continue along those lines, but this week, I want to talk to you about the weapons Satan uses against us. There are particular weapons that Satan uses. Last week, we learned that the battlefield is your mind. It's your mind that the enemy attacks, and then your mind influences your emotions and your feelings. And so we have to guard our mind, and we have to guard our emotions. But let's think about some of the weapons that Satan uses. Satan uses lies. He always lies to you. He likes to try to intimidate you, and he really likes to bring up your past. I won't even ask you to raise your, mind, your hand if the Lord has tried to bring up your past and tell you, well, you, you failed in the past. You're not going to succeed now. But let me tell you, he is the world's greatest liar. The Bible actually says he's the father of lies. And the next time he comes to you to try to harass you and bother you by talking about your past, why don't you remind him of his future? Because his future is worse than anybody's past could ever be. And so don't let him do that. But that's not, that's not the weapon I want to talk about tonight. He, he uses lies. He uses intimidation. He tries to discourage you with your past. But the biggest thing he uses in our life is a little four-letter word fear. There's not a person on the face of the earth that has not had to battle fear at some time in their life. So tonight I want to talk to you about that little word fear. It, it's just a, such a powerful little word and I want to share with you how we can overcome fear in our life, how we can better understand fear in our life, and how we can be victorious in every area. I want to start with a scripture in Isaiah. It's Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. This is what it says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a powerful verse. And in that verse, there are five things that God says, five reasons that he gives us that we should not have to fear. The first one is he just said, fear not, for I am with you. The very fact that God is with us should keep us from being afraid. You know, uh, I heard the story of a little boy whose bedroom was down the hall from his dad. And every night when he went to bed, he would say this to his dad, Dad, is your face turned toward me? If he knew his dad's face was turned toward him, he could rest peacefully. He could rest peacefully because he knew his dad was near. And God is with us. God is always with us. We can't see him. Sometimes circumstances and frustrations and pain cause us to forget that God is with us. But he said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm always with you. Say that God is with me. I don't have to be afraid. That's so good. The second thing is, I am your God. He says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. That little word dismayed means don't lose your courage. 
And I would say this, don't let your mind become confused because sometimes the enemy will try to confuse your thoughts by trying to convince you that God doesn't care, that God is angry with you, something like that. But God said, don't lose your courage. Don't lose your courage. I am your God. I'm not somebody else's God. I'm your God. I am with you. And actually, when God says he's with us, God is not just with us. God is in us. When you receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, the Holy Spirit of God, God's very own Holy Spirit came to live within you. So he is within you. And he doesn't want you to lose your courage because he is your God. He is your personal God. Isn't that wonderful? Here's the next one. I'm going to strengthen you. Sometimes I feel so weak and inadequate for the things that are before me. Have you ever felt weak and inadequate? <laughs> Every day. But God says, I will strengthen you. You don't have to do this in your own strength. I'm going to give you my strength. I remember one time, I, I really felt like I had no faith. I was believing God for something huge in my life. I was, I was fighting, I was actually fighting cancer in my life. And, and I just was praying one night and I said, Lord, I just feel like I have no faith. And so sweetly, the Lord spoke to my spirit and said, then use my faith. Wow. And I fell back into his arms and I let him wrap me in his faith. And I'm standing here before you today alive and well on planet earth because I discovered that he is my God. He is with me and he will strengthen me. When I don't have enough strength to go on, he says, why don't you use my strength? Just let the Holy Spirit empower you. Here's the next reason you don't have to be afraid. He says, I'll help you. I'm going to come to your aid. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to, in fact, I love, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in the book of Exodus, the book of coming out, and it's in chapter 14, and it's verse 14, and that's important because 14 is double seven, so it's double, 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 double seven, which is God's perfect number, and listen to what he says. I will fight for you. And you will hold your peace. Isn't that great? I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to go. All you have to do is hang on to your peace. And in, in my case, keep my mouth shut. Because that's also what hold your peace means. And the last one is I'm going to hold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear not. Did you know that little suggestion, fear not, command, fear not, appears 80 times in the Bible. The Lord must have known that we were going to need to hear those words. He must have known that things were going to happen in our life that we did not understand. The Lord must have known that. And so 80 times in the Bible, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, let's talk a little bit about fear because I think it's very important that we understand fear. The Bible would encourage us to know our enemies, and naturally, if you are in any kind of armed forces, they study their enemies. Because if you study your enemy, you're more likely to defeat your enemy. So let's look at fear a little bit and understand it. The first thing I want you to know about fear is fear is a spirit. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says so. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, 
Paul is talking to Timothy. This is at a time when the church is being persecuted. Christians are being terribly killed, not just shot in the head or are killed quickly, but they were being thrown into the arena and lions were eating them. And they, horrible things were happening to Christians. They were throwing them in boiling oil and just doing all sorts of things to them. And here's Timothy, a young pastor. And Paul writes to him and he said, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So this, this spirit is not from God. That what you're feeling in the way of fear and that emotion and that mindset, that's not from God. That's a demonic force. Fear is a demonic force. But God gives you, this is what God gives you. He gives you love. He gives you power. And he gives you a sound mind. When fear attacks you, you have got to have a balanced, sound mind to do the spiritual warfare necessary to overcome fear. And you have it. God has given you love, power, and a sound mind. So fear is a spirit. Now, there are three types of fear. Maybe more than three, but three that, that you really need to know about. The first one is really not a bad fear. I call it caution. It's the kind of fear we teach our children to keep them from sticking their hand in hot boiling water or playing on the freeway. We tell them, don't do that. We want them to be afraid to go play on the freeway. We want them to be afraid to pick up poisonous snakes. There, there's a caution that we should all have. We should all exercise caution at times. When you're getting on the freeway, you should exercise caution. Why is that? Because if you don't, you could get hit and hurt. Or at least your car terribly damaged. So that one we don't have to spend a lot of time on. It's caution and it's a good fear. But the next one, this is probably the type of fear that bothers humans the most. And it is worry and anxiety. Did you know that's a fear? That's a type of fear. If you're anxious, you're fearful. If you're worried, you're fearful. And there are some people that live in a state of worry and anxiety. I mean, 24 hours a day, every day, they worry about everything. They worry if the sun's going to come up. They worry if they're going to be on time. They worry if they're going to be late. They worry, they worry, they worry. They worry about most things you worry about never happen. But we worry, don't we? Now, the Bible talks about this particular fear specifically. Did you know that? In Philippians, the fourth chapter, and I want us to read this because it's so important. I want you to see what you need to do. I won't ask you to raise your hand if this is a problem that you have because many of you would raise your hand. But I want you to know how to handle it. This is a type of fear that the Bible tells us how to handle. So let's look at the scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. One translation says, don't worry about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace will be yours. That tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot, whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding. Now look what it'll do. Will garrison and mount guard over your hearts, your emotion, and your mind in Christ Jesus. So when we feel worry or when we're fretting about something or when we have anxiety, we need to find a quiet spot 
And we need to do what the Bible says. First, we need to pray. If you're anxious, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Pray about every circumstance. Pray about everything. God wants you to pray about everything. Well, he doesn't think this is important. Yes, he does. If it's important to you, it's important to God. Now, listen to what he said. He said, pray about everything with all prayer and with thanksgiving. Why would the Lord tell you when you feel anxious and worry to become thankful to begin to rehearse the blessings of God? Because that's what thanksgiving is. It's rehearsing what God has done for you. So you're worried. You're worried. You're so concerned about something. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your health. And so you go to the Father, and you begin to pray. and You say, oh, Lord, I'm so worried about this. And then, and then you do this. But, Lord, I just first, I, I know I have to thank you. So I just want to stop, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for giving me my children. I want to thank you and begin to think of every good thing God has ever done for you and begin to rehearse that before God. And then after you've told God how, of all the good things, then let the Holy Spirit give you the proper prayer. Lord, I know that you're going to take care of my children because you promised me in Isaiah that all of my children would be disciples taught of the Lord, always obedient to the voice of the Lord, and my children would walk in peace. Lord, I know you're going to heal my body. I ask you to heal my body. My petition is that you heal my body. And I know you will because you said in your word in Isaiah 53 that by the stripes of Jesus, I've already been healed. I thank you, Father. I thank you. And everything changes and up out of your spirit. Remember, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells is in your spirit. There's a substance that will begin to fill you. It's the peace of God that passes understanding. That's how you handle anxiety. You say, well, I worry so much, I'd be doing that all day. Well, that's good. Do it all day. Do it until you stop worrying all the time. Because what will happen is the more you do this, the more you obey what Philippians 4 tells you to do, the less you will worry and the more you will pray. Now, the next type, the third type of fear is what I call terror. Terror by night. Actually, in Psalms 91.5, it talks about the terror by night, that the Lord will deliver you from the terror by night. This is the fear of death. We don't experience this a lot, but there are times in your life where you may experience the fear of death. I've only experienced it once in my life. I experienced this in the early 80s when I was diagnosed with cancer. I remember specifically what the surgeon said to me when I was sitting in his office three days before the surgery I was to have. He told me the type of surgery they were going to do. He said, this is a quote. He was a, he was a wonderful doctor. He did a great job. But boy, I, I guess they tell you the very worst it could be, so you won't be disappointed if it's not that bad. But he said, this is the most painful surgery you could ever have. And then he, and he talked about what they were going to do. And then he said, th these were the words. These were the words that the enemy tried to use against me. We're going to do everything we can to try, keyword here, try, to try to save your life. And then he asked me this question, do you trust me? <laughs> and you know what I said? No, I don't really know you, but I trust God. And I'm going to pray for you. And he's going to help you. And he said, when you realize what I've said to you, you're going to be very upset. <laughs> and, and later, the enemy did bring it back to me and try to attack me with it. But at the time I was sitting in front of him, the Holy Spirit helped me. And that man was not a believer. 
But after what God did for me, actually God gave me a miracle. I didn't plan to tell you this, but God gave me a miracle. The night before that surgery, a lady called me. And, um, and I had had to cancel a speaking engagement because of this surgery. And she gave me a scripture, actually in Isaiah. He bore my pain. He carried my sorrow. She said, I stood on that scripture, and I had this surgery, and I didn't have any pain. Of course, the surgery she had was not nearly as serious as the surgery I was going to have. But I stood on that scripture. And do you know, I have a 12-inch scar on my body from that surgery. And I had two pain shots after that surgery. And one of them I didn't want. And I was up walking the next day. And the doctor was amazed and said to my doctor, who was a born-again spirit-filled believer, he said, I, I cannot believe what God did for that lady. Hallelujah. He told me later, I've been trying to get that guy saved for years. <laughs> but I experienced terror when that happened. And the, the, that was on a Tuesday that I talked to that doctor on Wednesday morning when I got up. I was weak. I felt bad. I felt just horrible. I laid down on the couch. I tried to pray. And that terror came over me. My baby was playing in the floor. She was only about three years old at the time. And, and the devil said, you're going to die and somebody else is going to raise that child. Oh, my goodness. I, I just was overwhelmed. The terror of death overtook me. And I tried to pray. I said, Lord, I can't even pray. I don't know what to do. And the Spirit of the Lord inspired me to listen to the Word. I was too weak to read the Word. I was too upset to read the Word. So I said to my little three-year-old, four-year-old daughter, Honey, go in my study and get me one of my Bible cassettes. I had the Bible on cassettes. Go and get me one of those cassettes on my desk and bring me the tape recorder. And she came back in with her little Fisher-Price tape recorder. And she didn't read, so she didn't know what she got me. She got me the Psalms. And I put it in, and when I turned it on, and it began to, the, the man began to read the Psalms to me, a deep sleep fell over me. I woke up when it clicked off. I turned it over, pushed the play button again, fell back asleep. The second time I woke up, the Word of God had defeated and chased off the spirit of fear. I was not afraid. I was able to get up, do my housework, get ready. I didn't fear any. I never feared again. I've never experienced that fear again. But it's very real, folks. And if it attacks you, you overcome it with the Word of God. You ask God to help you. You overcome it with the Word of God. Now, let's talk about what fear will do to you. Fear will cause you to become sick. Actually, the Bible tells us in Luke 21, verse 26, that in the last days of time, men's hearts will actually fail them for fear of the things that are happening in the earth. And is that happening today? I know the doctor told me that probably the cause of, of the cancer in my body was stress. That stress opened up the door for cancer to get in my body. So stress and fear can bring sickness into your body. You really need to learn how to deal with it so it won't be able to do that to you. Fear affects your mind. It causes you to think negatively. It just does. When you get afraid, you think negative thoughts, don't you? And when you think negative thoughts, that will wash over into your conversation and your conversation will begin to be negative rather than positive. You will begin to speak the problem rather than the solution. It's just the natural progression of fear and what it does to us. And it will affect your actions. 
Fear will separate you from people because you won't want to be around anybody else. Fear will make you, make you stop coming to church, which is stupid if you have a need. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. Y'all forgive me. It's unwise if you have a need. Is that better? That's better, isn't it? <laughs> and fear will put you in bondage. Fear will put you in bondage. I have a scripture for that. I love this scripture. It's in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Let's look at it together. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, Christ also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver those who through the fear of death, and one translation says the haunting fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now notice he has destroyed the devil. He has taken all power from the devil. The devil doesn't want you to know that. He does not want you to know that. And who did Jesus give the power to? Well, Luke tells us he gave it to us. Jesus said in the book of Luke, behold, I think it's chapter 10, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. But he doesn't want us to know that. No, he wants us to think he's still powerful. But notice what he said, that the, because of the power of the enemy in people's lives, that through fear, he has held them in bondage all of their life. Now you can reverse that and you could say this, so if he's holding us in bondage all our life through fear, if we can step beyond fear, bondage will no longer have power over us. It will set us free to step beyond fear. That's a powerful little verse, isn't it? Now, so now let's, the last few minutes that we have together, let's uh, talk about practical ways to overcome fear. Number one, recognize that fear is an emotion. Fear is an emotion. It's of your mind, and it, and it manifests itself in your emotions. Many people say that fear is the opposite of faith. I do not agree with that. This is why I don't agree with it. Faith is a product of your spirit. Faith comes from your spirit. I teach that faith is the muscle of your spirit. Faith is of your spirit. But fear is of your mind, and you feel it in your emotions. That being said, let me tell you that it can block your faith because it can keep you from believing. But the other side of that coin is, if you have faith, even when fear attacks your mind, you can move forward in faith even though you're feeling fearful. Because you can't be motivated by what you feel. We're motivated by the Word of God and the promises of God. So even when I'm feeling afraid, I can still press forward in victory. And so that's the first thing. Here's, so you got to recognize that fear is an emotion. When it comes, say, you're just an emotion. I'm going to go right on past you. I'm going to do the will of God, and God's going to deliver me. Here's the next thing. You hold your mind in place. You've got to hold your mind in place. In Isaiah 26.3, it says, God will keep us in perfect peace if we will keep our mind fixed on him. So you have to hold your mind in place. Don't let your mind wander. When, when things happen, find some scripture to hang on to. And when your mind starts to wander, go back to that scripture and grab hold of it. In fact, last week we talked about the scripture in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, which talks about our spiritual warfare. And the latter part of that is in verse 5, it says that we are to cast down arguments and every high thing 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And listen to what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we've got to grab that. Three little things there. Recognize when the thoughts are thoughts of fear. That's the first thing. Recognize. So important for you to recognize. Secondly, capture that thought of fear. Pull it down and replace it with a promise from the Word of God. That's, how, that's so important. It's how you overcome fear. And then worship. I'm telling you, worship will drive fear away. Remember, it's a spirit. And spirits hate. The devil hates worship. I mean, he doesn't want you to, there's, he wants you to do anything but worship. And number four, trusting God is a choice. And David said in Psalms 56 verse 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust the Lord. Now, early this morning, I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and gave me something that wasn't in my notes. I've added it to my notes. And I want to share it with you because it's an insight. He reminded me of a scripture in Revelation that talks about how they overcome, they overcame the enemy in the book of the Revelation, how believers overcame the enemy. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, this is what it says. They overcame him, speaking of the Antichrist, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life to death. I've, I've read that. I've said that. I've confessed that. But I really didn't understand it until the Lord this morning in my prayer time gave me a, a picture example from the Old Testament to help me understand what it means. And I want to share it with you because I think it will really help you overcome fear. In the Old Testament, there's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. There's a story of David and Goliath. Do you all know that story? In the story of David and Goliath, Goliath was a huge, monstrous giant, and he was a Philistine. And he came up against the armies of Israel, and he said, just send out a champion. And if your champion can defeat me, well, we'll all serve you. And if I defeat your champion, then you'll all serve the Philistines. And so everybody was fearful. And David, a little kid... Just a little boy who was a shepherd came down to bring food to his older warrior brothers. And he said, what's going on? And they told him. And he said, well, who does this? Now listen to what he said. Who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is? The key word there is uncircumcised. You see, there, the children of Israel were in covenant with God. And the sign of their covenant was circumcision. But the other countries didn't have a covenant with God. So David said, I'll fight him. Well, you know the story. He got his little stones. He went down to fight Goliath. And he said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword. And you come to me with a, a javelin, a spear. But I come to you. Now listen to what he says. I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. In other words, I'm in covenant with God who created the heavens and the earth. And I'm going to kill you because you dare attack the armies of God. And he did. He killed him. He said, what does that have to do with this other scripture? Well... It has everything to do with they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. This is what it means. When was the last time you received communion? When we receive communion, we, we quote the verse in the Bible that says, On the night he was crucified, he took bread and he broke it. 
And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat all of it. And then he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, listen to what he said. This is the blood. This is the blood of the what? New covenant. Drink all of it. He made a new covenant with us, a greater covenant than David had, a greater covenant than the old covenant had. He made a covenant of his very own blood. And when this scripture says they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, when the enemy attacked them, they said, we are in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. I now understand what my mama used to mean when she said, I plead the blood over this situation. I'm in covenant, and the word of their testimony is who you are. I am redeemed. I belong to Jesus. You have to leave, spirit of fear. You have no power here. I'm a redeemed one, and God fights for me. I just have to hold on to my peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I, I just want to quickly, very quickly, because my time is gone, look at one more scripture, and I'm just going to go real fast through it. It's in Psalms 46. I want you to read it. David said this. He made this confession. God is my refuge. God is my strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, I know this. I'm confessing this. Therefore, I will not fear. Then he, listen to what he says. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, though the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and, and swell, there is a river. I thought, what in the world? What is he talking about? There is a river. And so I researched it to find out what he was talking about. There is a river that makes glad the city of God. He talks a little bit about that river. But I want to close talking about that river. In the book of Ezekiel, that river is mentioned in Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 12, you can read about it. Ezekiel saw a vision of the throne of God, and he saw a river coming from the throne of God. And as it came out, it divided, and it went into two tributaries. And one tributary went down to the Dead Sea. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. And there's nothing alive in the Dead Sea. But when the water from the throne of God, when the river hit the Dead Sea, it teemed with life. The waters were healed. It's a sign of healing. When the river hits your sick body, it's healed. The other tributary went down to the desert. When it hit the desert, this has to do with our prosperity. When it hit the desert, the dry, barren areas, those areas bloomed like a rose. Wow. It's mentioned again in the book of the Revelation, coming out of the throne of God, this river with the trees of life, whole, whole uh, orchard of the trees of life on either side, and the leaves were for the healing of the nations. But the one I want to concentrate on in closing tonight is in John chapter 7, verse 38. Jesus said, He that believes on me, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, which had not yet been given. There is a river in you that's stronger than fear. It's a river of the Holy Spirit. It's flowing out of you. And the Lord wants you to step beyond fear. The Lord spoke to me once in my life, and it was, it was again, with that cancer thing. He spoke to me when I was battling fear, and he said, Billy, if you can step beyond fear, beyond fear is your miracle. Beyond fear is your power. Beyond fear is your peace. So tonight, let's make the decision to step beyond fear. 
Father, I pray for every person watching, every person in this room. I pray, Lord, that you will cause us to recognize the spirit of fear when it attacks us and to stand firm and to confess that we are in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ and drive that spirit away. Drive it out of our nation. Drive it away from our world. Drive it out of our midst, O oh Lord, that we can stand in the power of God and see victory in every area of our life in Jesus' name. If you're here tonight or you're watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to lead you in a prayer as we close this service tonight. Just pray this prayer. We're going to all pray it together. If we pray this prayer together, you can have Jesus come into your heart tonight. Pray after me. Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.